0: Hey Cobbers, from the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash daily podcast. Whether you're with the strikers, the stars or the sixes, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's the well, it's the second Cricket Badger Big Bash daily, but it's the first one where we have action to talk about. We've just seen a game in Hobart. Hobart Hurricanes beating the Sydney Sixers by 16 runs to take the first points of the Big Bash League 10. Well, actually, the first three points, the other point went to the Sydney Sixers. We'll talk about that in just a second. Hurricanes, they looked down and out. They were four for two at one stage. They rallied to 178 for eight. And then at 118 for one, with Vince and Edwards flying for the Sixers, they looked as if they were going to lose quite comfortably. But they bowled brilliantly to restrict the Sixers to 162 for six. Came out on top, as I say, by 16 runs. And to help me talk about that today, it's Ash Turner and Naman Shah. But before I bring them in, thank you very much indeed to bluecrocodile.co.uk. Snapping up the right mortgages for you. Ash Turner, that was a pretty decent start, wasn't it? First match, big bash, a bit of excitement all the way through it. We saw the new rules come into play. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. But I think overall, that was good entertainment.
1: Hi, James. Yeah, really, really good entertainment. I must admit, after both Jackson's and Short fell for Ducks, I was a bit concerned that it might end up being a little bit of a damp squid. Um, and then when they chose not to use the X Factor, I thought that was maybe game to also be a little bit of a damp squid. But I think... Both the boost and surge were interesting. and It was just a really good game, to and throwing. And I think in both innings, you thought that the Sixers were comfortable. And Hobart did really, really well to fight back in both parts of the game.
0: man, welcome back to the, uh, the podcast again. It's uh, a good game to start us off with there. Hobart did really well to fight back.
2: Absolutely, James. Uh, that was uh, one interesting game. That was some comeback from the Hobart Hurricanes. And... They started poorly uh, losing two quick wickets in the power play but that was some good batting from him and accompanied by Colin Ingram. I felt uh, the difference was the Faulkner. Uh, he was very poor last uh, few years but uh, today he showed that uh, he was. he's a T20 specialist and that wicket of uh, James Wings uh, turned around. Complete T20 match and uh, yes, I like such a 160-170 20 score. Not too low and uh, not too high.
0: I'm interested to see a few of the um, the comments as the, as we went through that match and obviously the, the power surge, the delay of the final two overs of your initial six-over power play to later on in the innings. My concern with that maybe is that the first four overs you, you might play within yourself as a batting side thinking you've got tricks up your sleeve later on and it maybe reduces the impact of that initial power play. But I saw the comment that, after losing two wickets in the first um, four overs normally, a team would average about 145, somewhere around that. Being able to kind of keep that two overs back and using it when Colin Ingram was in, in full flow, 178 for eight was the final score. So it did boost their score and, and they were able to capitalise on that. For the Sixers though, the reverse was true. They took the power play and didn't quite capitalise on that. Ash. It's going to be interesting. I think. I mean, obviously we've only had one game, so it's hard to actually make a, a definitive judgment. But... Initial signs are that the surge might be quite an interesting factor in this big bash.
1: Yeah, I thought the surge played a really, really big part today. I think Hobart took massive advantage getting 17 off one of the overs that they used up. I think it really boosted them, got them back into the into the actual game where it looked like it was drifting away quite quickly. Um, and then, as you say, the Sixers used it and it looked like a great time to use it, but some expert bowling from Alice really could hand- down and made it really hard for Sixers to get away and in the end they only took 18 off two overs which just really wasn't enough in the end and I think the surge made such a big difference and it's going to be really interesting now to see how other teams use it to hopefully dictate how the result goes.
0: In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time by a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite, they're just straight-talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. Oh. When Hobart used their surge, Naman, they saw um, Stephen O'Keefe coming on to bowl. They, th- they thought, well, I'll have some of him. We'll take our power surge now. And then the, the fielding side can't change anything there. They've they've already got Stephen O'Keefe at the top of his mark, not allowed to actually bring on a death bowler or something to try and uh, counter the surge. That, that plays into the batting side's hands or should do, shouldn't it?
2: Absolutely. But I feel the more the timing of the power surge... Uh depends on when actually you are taking. I felt the timing of Hobart was spot on but uh, I always feel that this is going to be a crucial when the chasing team opts for it because uh, Vince and both uh, the other uh, sorry I forgot the name, uh, Edward uh, Jack Edward were cruising and uh, they did not require to take uh, power surge uh, during that time Uh, so the timing of this power surge is really going to be Considered a lot uh, going into the tournament, but yes, uh, both the Colin Ingram they made good use of this uh, power play and uh, they took on Sivo Kift. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, also in the preview, that this is turning out to be more of a batsman paradise because uh, just imagine uh, Christian and both Bradway, the present uh, and the power surge is still uh, remaining for them. The game would have been uh, the result could have been something different. So. Yes, uh, the teams will learn and how to use it uh, going ahead. Uh, overall, uh, yes, I feel the timing of uh, Sydney Sixers was poor for passers.
0: Interesting there that Naman refers to a batsman's paradise because all, all of these little gizmos that the rule changes and things that they're bringing into the T20 in Australia, but elsewhere as well, seem to favour the batsman rather than the bowler. If you're a young kid at the moment, Ash, you're going to want to bat rather than bowl, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, everything at the moment in cricket, and especially white ball cricket, seems to be heading towards the batsman, I think the batsman's the one that very often comes out as the star when you see the big hits over the top. I mean, is massive 100 meter 6 and Glenn Maxwell's big reverse hit for six for another 100 meters. that's been what's going viral. It's not been the bowler. So I think it is becoming maybe a bit more of a batter's game yet again. But actually today, I think the difference was how well maybe the bowling was in the power surge in particular that um, made the difference, and hopefully that'll still get children to want to be bowlers just as much as batsmen.
0: I think you need a certain mentality to be a bowler these days. Yeah, kind of stubborn. You're not going to hit me, or you did hit me, but you're not going to hit me again kind of stuff. Now, man, we saw in the... I mean, as I say, this is the first game. These rules are going to kind of change, and people will probably adapt to them as the, as we go through, and they'll learn what works and what doesn't work. But probably today isn't the right day to necessarily review the rules when... The first uh, four overs in the first innings yielded 18 for two. And at the same stage in the second innings, the Sixers were 30 for one. So they'd lost wickets early. And I guess that, that changes how you're going to use the you know, the surge and when you're going to do that and how you're going to rebuild your innings. If if, you, if you've if you got off to a flyer and you're suddenly, I don't know, 60 for no loss after four, could you see a, a situation where you've got two batsmen flying at the start of the innings that you might just use your surge straight away and, and not, not leave it till later?
2: Surely, I do see that situations, uh, especially when Stoyne is the likes of Chris Lane uh, get into the groove. Uh, we will see that uh, them taking over the power play straight away. Uh, but uh, also, the wickets matter a lot. I feel that today's wicket uh, was a bit on the slower side and ball was not coming that onto the bat Initially, it will also depend on how the pitch is reacting uh, initially with the new ball and when your power hitters are coming. So you will, will also get to see uh, between the 16th and the 20th over how the chasing team uh, are approaching the target and how the death bowlers such as Ellis you saw today, Mone Mockle uh, we will see later on how they are being used. So yes, uh, the teams will only learn how to use it. But uh, I feel that this is one of the interesting rules which will turn on to the fair, can go against and which might turn into favour, so this is a bit of a chess game going on and it will be interesting to see how it will uh, go further in the tournament.
0: BlueCrocodile.co.uk Sorts your mortgage in a snap. Are you a first-time buyer with your eyes on that dream house? Are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal? Let's Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you. 10% deposit mortgages are returning. If you need to know how much you can afford to borrow, just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. Let's choose our Blue Crocodile cricketer of the match today then. Um, for how, I'll, I'll read through some of the likely candidates before you uh, make your minds up on who you're going to nominate. But Colin Ingram with 55 played really nicely to rescue Hobart from a sticky start. Tim David... With 58 as well was really good. We saw um, Darshish take uh, 3 for 38 with the ball for the Sixers. And then when the Sixers came into bat, um, 47 from Edwards at the top of the order. James Vince played really nicely for his 67. And I thought that uh, Fortner with 2 for 22 and uh, Riley Meredith with 2 for 28 really did make the difference with the ball as well. We'll start with you now, man. Who would you choose as your cricketer of the match today?
2: Yeah, I'll go with uh, James Faulkner. i feel that uh, the drop catch of James wins. Uh, he will kill the match from there. Uh, but Faulkner took the lead over there and he made sure that not only going for too many runs, but he made sure that Vince is uh, back in the dugout. I feel that wicket killed, And uh, from there on, they kept on losing the wickets consecutively. I feel uh, uh, four overs for two for 22. Uh, a good start for Faulkner and uh, Hobart as well.
0: What about you, Ash? Who would you nominate as your cricketer of the match today?
2: Um, If I'm honest, I was expecting it to
1: be, when I thought the sixth game win, I was expecting to be nominating James Vince or even possibly Dan Christian if he'd added a few runs to his three wickets But I think for me, it's got to be Riley Meredith. Um, He came on as a strike bowler just when they needed it. He took the wickets and in the end, I think that was the big difference maker. They got a cluster of wickets just when they needed them. And I think he just bowled it exceptionally well, despite their not so not so great mustache.
0: <laughs> as you'll find out on this podcast, you you can entitle to do your nominations, but I am the man that uh, has the deciding vote on who gets it. I was tempted to say Colin Ingram as a nomination, because I thought he his innings of fifty five from forty two was vital in getting the Hobart Hurricanes back up and running and on towards that one seventy eight for eight. Obviously, David later on, um, coming in with his fifty eight. But I'm actually tempted to agree with you, Ash. I thought Riley Meredith today, um, Tash or no Tash, he was bowling serious pace and really good changes as well, causing a problem to everybody. He's two for 29, I thought, was the thing that started to derail the Sixers more than anything else. So today, the blue crocodile cricketer of the match is Riley Meredith. (laughs) Mortgages are simpler than you think when you have a crocodile on your side. Blue Crocodile making mortgages snappy and simple. Visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. Follow them on Twitter at bluecrockmoney, or find them on Facebook. Blue Crocodile. Right then, chaps, let's have a look ahead to uh, tomorrow's game. Melbourne Stars taking on the Brisbane Heat. So it is Glenn Maxwell taking on Chris Lynn, and uh, this uh, we we talked about these two sides yesterday. And anybody that listened to the preview knows that we we didn't actually as a as a combined five on the preview and we actually had Brisbane Heat to finish bottom of the pile in this uh, big bash Melbourne Stars however we uh, fancied them and they were our third placed pick for the big bash now um on that basis are you expecting the Stars to overhaul the Heat and get off to a good start
2: no i'm backing a bit Heat today i feel the Stars will um much more banking on Stoinis and Maxwell but they will be struggling on building their playing 11 so they will take 2-3 or two three games to settle down because they have Fletcher over there they have Ben Dunk over there they have Puran over there like all are just gun batsmen uh, proper T20 batsmen but they do not have someone who will rotate strike so they need to fill in the gaps and uh, I feel Lean is just uh, way too ferocious in T20 and I feel they have a uh, good balance with Dan Lawrence also coming in and Monet Mockle with bowling and also Ben Laughlin, they're a good T20 specialist. I feel they are much more balanced compared to stars. And yes, they have all the stars in them, but I fear they might go for 200 or maybe uh, not even 120.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so it could be hit or miss is basically what you're saying there. Ash, what about about you? Are you... um, sensing that Brisbane Heat could get off to a good start, which is not not with our predictions if we if we go that route. I mean, one, one of the things in, in general, one of the things that's interesting as a as an Englishman watching this is the likes of Lewis Gregory and uh, Dan Lawrence getting their chances to play in a, a major T20 tournament. It's going to be really interesting to see how they go.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's always hard at the beginning of a tournament. I would expect the stars to have too much firepower and too many big stars, really, but... I agree with man, they may get off to a bit of a slow start, so the Heat may be able to take advantage of that if um, Chris Ling comes off and Maureen Morkel starts well. But it is going to be really exciting to see how Dan Lawrence does. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about him for the Red Bull team for England, but it is possible he could be a white ball option sooner rather than later. Lewis Gregory, he's always in and around the white ball team, and I think if he can have a, a really good big bash and maybe even get himself... To go in the IPL, he's, he's going to be knocking on the door for that T twenty squad. But I just I just think that the stars will have just a little bit too much maybe for the heat tomorrow. And I just think the Tom the lots of Tom Bantams going to be really big for the heat they the the line a lot on Chris Lynn at the top of the order.
0: Yeah, I I find it very hard to call these early games because we we want to see how the tournament kind of sits down. These new rule changes, how do they pan out? How who who is in form? There's so many kind of question marks at the moment ahead of these games. It's hard to make a prediction. But if it's the same as today, then we're in for a good game tomorrow. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscape.com. help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order oh feeling all good now down in set oh manscape.com maximum skin safe performance compact design advanced engineering ceramic blade waterproof and it doesn't end there show you care by caring for your pair cleansers revivers preservers simply go to manscape.com quote the discount code badger you get 20 percent off you get free shipping and you get some seriously quality equipment manscape.com get on there now One of the things today, we talked about the rule changes on the preview, but the 10-over the mark and getting a point if you're ahead after 10 overs, we actually saw that in practice today, Naman, didn't we, with the Sixers flying at one stage. They were easily ahead of the uh, the rate at 10 overs, picked up that point, and it looked like they were going to go on for all four. Hobart fight back, and they take the three. So it ended up 3-1 in the end, and uh, we saw in practice how that works.
2: Yes, sir, this is going to be an interesting uh, going... Uh in the business end of the tournament. But I don't know, I still see the points table. I do not see one point allocated to Sydney Sixers. Maybe my app is not updated. Uh, but yes, I feel that these points are going to really matter in the going into the business end. Um, also, this could turn the match also uh, in a way that first the team would like to secure one point, uh, setting the target, dividing into two halves maybe first go after the first 10 overs and then maybe go after the second target. So, uh, this, yes, uh, plenty of the teams, so too much uh, brainwashing with new rules coming, uh, brainstorming with new rules coming in. Uh, yes, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, good one point for Sydney. At least uh, they open their account with
0: one point. I think, Ash, as well, when we see a lot of tournaments come down to who qualifies for the playoffs on net run rates and, and kind of also, also head-to-heads and everything like that, With more points up for grabs, there's more chance that teams are going to be separated by points rather than net run rate. And like the Sixers did today, if you're going to lose a game, lose it narrowly so it doesn't affect your net run rate too much. And make sure you pick up the point if you can. And because that's going to be a little bit of a bonus come the final knockings, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I was a bit uh, sceptical of the boost option, the the extra point. But actually, I think today it showed that it could work really well in the tournament, as you say hopefully now going to come down to points at the end of the day and how closely you lose matches and how quickly you chase compared to net run rates, which can get a little bit confusing, especially for a lot of the viewers at home. So I think it's it's very interesting. It was interesting, as you say, to see Sydney really cruising along. They get that point and then it all goes a bit pear-shaped, but they've still come away with something from the game. I don't think Hobart will mind too much, though, only going home with three instead of four. Because after the position they were in, I think they'd just be glad to take anything from the game, never mind three points.
0: Let's finish off by the, the final rule change, which is the uh, the X factor, the substitutions. We saw 12th and thirteen man's name for both teams today. They weren't used. I guess, I, I suppose the rule rule makers would be thinking, that's a bit disappointing. We didn't see that actually in action. But I, I was thinking about how this works in practice. It probably favours the team batting second because they... Kind of can see what's ahead of them a little bit more um, but if it's a 50-50 kind of game as it was today after the 10 overs, you, you probably just think well we've picked the best 11, let's stick with the best 11 number.
2: Yes, even I was stuck uh, where uh, you are uh, spot on, like uh, you play the best 11 and uh, you absolutely say for 30 for 4 or maybe 30 for 5 or maybe 2 well, like you have no idea when to bring in and whom to replace. So I feel that they will have to keep a loophole or maybe give a youngster a more opportunity and keep one of uh, Christian or maybe Bradway 12th and 13th men so maybe they could come off in later in the match when required and they could bat as well as bowl. And yes, looking forward to see this rule as well. Uh, I said that no one used it today. I was looking forward to see <laughs> whom they will replace and how they will use it. But yeah. uh, uh, yes, maybe tomorrow's match.
0: I suppose, Ash, if you get off to a flying start with a bat in the first innings and you're 150 for no loss after 10, you're thinking, well, we're getting a decent score here. Let's let's bring in another bowler. Let's sacrifice one of our batsmen. I can see that happening. And yeah, conversely, if you've got off to a really poor start and you're 36 for six, you maybe think well, it might be worth just sacrificing one of our bowlers to bring in somebody that can maybe hit a few runs for us and get us to some kind of total. I think that's the only time it's going to be used, isn't it?
2: Yeah,
1: I think that's, that would be the main... The main use of the rule, as far as I can see, I, I did wonder at one point whether Hobart might think of doing that, whether they thought maybe we can squeeze an extra batsman in here because they were struggling. But I think with Ingram and then David starting to get get going and doing well, I think that obviously put that sort of to the back of their minds. I guess the only other time you can really see substitution being used, the X Factor being used, is maybe if a pitch suddenly looks a lot better for a spinner. So I guess maybe that was what the Sixers were thinking with, Hope was one of their subs. Maybe thinking that if it was holding up in the pitch, then maybe bring him in for one of the seamers. But yeah, I think the main use is going to be maybe if sacrificing extra batsmen for a bowler or vice versa. Depend on how them first ten overs
0: go. It could be really interesting, couldn't it? As we go through, because if you if you have got off to a good start, you, you sacrifice a batsman, bring in another bowler, and all of a sudden lose five quick wickets, it kind of backfires, doesn't it? So we're going to see how it pans out. We're going to see some successes with it, I'm sure, and some maybe not quite as so much success with it as we go through the rest of this big bash. But congratulations to Hobart Hurricanes, 178 for eight, played 162 for six. They beat the Sydney Sixers. By 16 runs, the defending champions taking one point. Hobart off to a flyer with the three points from today's game. We'll be back tomorrow looking at the game between the Melbourne Stars and the Brisbane Heat, and then ahead to the rest of the weekend. But for now, Ash Turner, Naman Shah, thank you for coming on.
2: Yes, yes. Cheers, thank James.
0: So and thank you very much indeed for listening. Give us a follow on Twitter at cricket underscore badger. Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of this Big Bash daily podcast snapping up the right mortgages for you give their website a look bluecrocodile.co.uk and we'll be back for more tomorrow i've been james the cricket badger we'll see you then big bash 10 thanks for listening we'll bring you another edition of the cricket badger big Bash daily podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow see you then